0: Craft beer friends, and welcome to another episode of Tap the Craft Podcast. I am Denny Luce. I'm coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and, well, I'm alone. Yes, once again, I am by myself. No John, no Chris, nobody but myself. But that's okay. The show must go on. It just happens that uh, people get busy and things uh, change, and I have to step it up and get this show out because. I want to make sure we keep on track to get a show released every two weeks on Thursday. So, that's it. That's it. Welcome. Welcome to Tap the Craft Podcast. This is an educational podcast focused around celebrating all things craft beer, and we want to help you, the listener, along in your craft beer journey. You're listening to episode 102, recording on Monday, June 18th, 2018, and in this episode, I will be discussing the early 2018 beer style trends according to the Brewers Association. I won't have any banter because I don't want to banter with myself, so guess what? It's just going to be a short show, uh, just getting down to the business. That's it. Um, I don't have a truck brewing update because John's not here, but I do want to let everyone know, all of our listeners, that we will be having a Tap the Craft meetup at Trek Brewing in Newark, Ohio, and remember, Newark, Ohio is just outside of Columbus, Ohio, on Saturday, July 14th. I don't have a set time yet, but it will be in the afternoon, early evening, and will last until John throws us out. Um, let me know if you are interested in showing up and drinking and hanging out and, and chatting with us. Uh, just send us an email, send me a tweet, send me a, a text if you have my, my number, uh, we'd like to have as many listeners there as possible. I know we have a lot of listeners in Ohio. If you are available on Saturday, July 14th, I encourage you to come and hang out with us and drink and uh, get to know each other in real, in real life. All right. Um, as far as beer-related activities, I didn't have any beer-related activities, but I did celebrate Father's Day. Father's Day was yesterday. I am a father. I am a grandfather. And... One of the nice things is now I'm able to spend the day not only with my family and my son, but with my grandson. And that's what we did yesterday. Had a fantastic time. Uh, we you know, we picked my grandson up early in the morning, and we had him all day. And he was really into his papa. We just hung out. We played. We laughed. We ate. And, uh, you know, just had a good time. So that was fun. I also got some nice gifts. In fact, I'm drinking... Uh, out of my gift right now from my son, he got me this really nice photo beer mug. It's like a, it's like a, a frosted beer mug and it's got a collage of photos around it. In fact, if you look at our Twitter page, you'll see that I posted a photo of it on Sunday of me drinking a beer out of it. It's a really nice mug. I really appreciate it. I thought that was pretty cool. And what is in my mug today? You know what? I forgot to cover that. Everything is so messed up. I just don't know what to do without having John or Chris here to keep me on track. So what am I drinking? I am actually drinking another one of my Father's Day gifts. This is a beer that is being harder and harder to find. It is my favorite beer. It is from Grand Teton Brewing. It is the Grand Teton Bitch Creek American Brown Ale. My wife went out all over town trying to find it. She finally found four bottles and picked up all four for me. And that's what I'm drinking tonight in celebration of Father's Day. And you know what? In celebration of my birthday, which will be tomorrow. So, hey, it's a great great week. Also, I received some other beers. My wife uh, really treated me well. She hooked me up with a number of great, great beers. In fact, let's talk about one of those beers that she got me. She actually got me a four-pack of this beer. It's uh, a beer that I talk about every year when it comes out because it's a fantastic beer. It's Fort George's three-way IPA. And this and, and the three-way IPA is a three-way collaboration between Fort George Brewing, which is out of uh, Astoria, Oregon, and you, two other really good breweries out there. And this year they collabed with Holy Mountain up in Seattle and Modern Times down in California. And they made a New England IPA, and I'll tell you what, this New England IPA is for sure very solid, very good. This beer is hard to find. It's, it's, it's got so, such a good, uh, following now that every time the three way comes out, uh, they sell out very fast. And my wife was at the store when it was delivered and grabbed a four pack and I'm going to enjoy drinking all four of those. I did drink one yesterday, uh, really enjoyed it. Um, gave it a four and a quarter rating. So it's a pretty good, pretty good rating for this beer. And if you can find it, I recommend you go out and try it for sure. Another beer that I tried since our last recording was from Belching Beaver. You know, I talk a lot about Belching Beaver. They make some great beers. And another one of their series that comes out every year is their Deftone series, the Deftone uh, Band. And this year's version is called Digital Bath IPA. And guess what? It is another New England style IPA. And it was very, very solid. Great flavors. Great aroma. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I gave that, I think, a 4-cap rating on Untaps. And the last beer I'm going to talk about is another beer that my wife threw in to my little uh, Father's Day treat basket. And this is from a, another brewery that just came into the Boise area. And it's from, it's not, you know, the, the brewery is not a, from Idaho. It's actually from Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It's from Roadhouse Brewing, and this is the Avarice and Greed Golden Belgian L. And, you know, I talk about Golden Belgian L's all the time. Or actually, all kinds of Belgian L's. I love Belgian L's. And a really good Golden is nice. And guess what? This Golden L is fantastic. It comes in at 9% alcohol by volume. It's a big beer. But you know what? You really can't tell why you're drinking it. And that can be a mistake. I decided that I'm only drinking one of these, uh, you know, in a day. And I'm going to enjoy the four-pack. Came in a four-pack, uh, little stubby bottles, kind of like those full-sale bottles, but a little bit n- more narrow. And uh, it it was, had a great Belgian character, a lot of clove, a little bit of sweetness, not too bad. But, you know, kind of finishes dry, but just really good. I really enjoyed that beer. I think I gave that one also a four-cap rating. And and if you can find that, uh, I recommend trying. They're pretty good. All right, let's go into some feedback. We didn't get any voicemails. I'm still waiting for people to call in. So, hey, if you want to call in and leave a voicemail, you can do that very easily at 208 536 3359 or 208 53 oddly. Yep. Just go ahead, dial that number in, leave your little quick message, question, life story, whatever you want, and we will play it on the air and your voice can be heard just like ours. But we, um, we got some feedback. Let's get uh, started on the Twitter poll first. Uh, we did have a Twitter poll last uh, episode, and the Twitter poll was: What is your favorite hop flavor? You had four choices: piney, citrusy, tropical, fruity, or floral. And we had 27 votes total. That's not bad. I, hey, I appreciate 27 votes. You know, getting anyone to comment on Twitter or social media. Or participate it can be tough so when I have 27 people that actually wanted to vote on this and especially you know dealing with hoppy beers I have a lot of we have a lot of followers that actually don't like hoppy beers you know I find out that that's just not their thing you know eventually they will but but hey they still kind of chimed in on what their hop flavor favorites are so coming in dead last with three votes was the old floral hop flavor yep not no one's really much of a fan of those floral hops Coming in second to last is the Piney Hop. Now, who that surprises me because Piney Hop is like the original West Coast hop. And uh, my wife and I, we love Piney Hops. You know, we, we enjoy the other hops too. But Piney, that's like the old school good hop character. And uh, I'm surprised to see that there's not more people out there that are old school like, like my wife and I. Coming in uh, second place was the Tropical Fruity. With six votes. Did I tell you that the Piney had five votes? I can't remember. Well, I'm going to tell you it had five. And the Tropical Fruity, only six votes. Now, with all these New England IPAs, I thought more people would have been diving into that Tropical Fruity because Tropical Fruit is the flavor of those beers, a lot of them. But the number one most favorite hop flavor is the Citrusy Hop Flavor with 13 votes. Dominated. dominate over twice of the of the second place uh everyone likes citrusy hops i like citrusy hop too i like citrus that's good um i didn't uh, do a poll for our next show because i was i had a hard time thinking of a topic so hey if you guys have topics out there that you would like to have voted on the web on the uh, twitter uh, send me a, a message let me let me know what you guys think you'd like to like to vote on or what other people might want to vote on just send it to our uh, to some of the contacts I'll list here in a little bit. I don't wanna... All right, let's get into some feedback. We have some feedback from Tom Joseph at King Holmes. He mentioned on Twitter, Great show, although you cut it a little short this week. We didn't even get a real-world examples of the beer styles. Things, things ran so much smoother back in the days of the first 100 episodes. Can I blame Russ? Well, Tom, of course you can blame Rush. No, 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 don't blame Russ. Russ did a great job. Um, you know what? We were trying to keep everything on track, trying to keep the shows in a reasonable amount of space and time. And since we did talk, I did talk about some New England IPAs in my new and noteworthy. Uh, I thought that that was uh, good enough for that. We talk about them all the time. And I just mentioned two more in this episode. So there we go. There's some examples for you guys to go try. Hey, but thank you, Tom, for your feedback. We really appreciate it. All right, we also had Jay, at Maniac17. He also mentioned on Twitter, I'll just leave this Allegash Brewing video here. After Denny raved about Map 40 on episode 100, I wanted to try it. Sadly, it's kicked. Also, record this for Denny, and he recorded a uh, walkabout video of the of basically a brewery row over there in uh, Maine where he's living, and he, and he's, he says, hoping um, that I will consider, well, I mean, he's hoping that me Denny will consider coming to Maine so we can check out all the great beer here and then he showed uh you know in his in his walkabout video he showed Allagash Foundation Brewing Austin Street Brewery and Battery Street Brewing he mentioned that there was like two more breweries in that same area there was like seven breweries i think in one small area in a in a small town of Maine uh, that's that's pretty cool i and jay let me tell you this Maybe you don't know this about me, but I was actually born in Maine way, way, way back in 1969. My dad was in the, was in the Navy, and he was stationed out there right outside of, uh, of Brunswick, I guess, and I was born there. Now, of course, I only know of my time there from seeing my mom pregnant uh, with like eight feet of snow. She's bur- she, her, little, her little VW bug was buried under like at least six feet of snow, if not more and she was trying to you know being all big and pregnant with me in there trying to uncover her car uh, that's about as much as i remember from uh, from maine as soon as i was born boom we picked up shipped shift off to uh, to to chicago where my dad was stationed uh, in the great lakes area and then after that he, we moved to california where he stationed down in long beach so we moved around a little bit when when he was in um, but you know what i want to come back and visit maine i want to see what that state's all about i want to try these these breweries, and you know what, Jay? Of course, I will look you up, and we will get together and uh, have some fun, have some drinking, and uh, you know, maybe we'll do that in, in a year or two when I get myself over there. All right. We also had Brad Fattler, the at PK, the Buck guy. He mentioned on Twitter, "Would you drink a purple beer? Because I am right now, and it's delicious." And he and the beer was actually from uh, Branch and Bone. He mentioned. Uh, this one added pea blossoms which were blue and and turned purple with the acidity of the Berliner or Berliner and it's interesting we had a conversation a little bit mentioning back and forth and I said yeah I've had several purple beers and they're all really good and uh, It's amazing some of the different uh, Things will put in there like one of the ones I had I mentioned on the show was a beet beer it had beets in it and of course it was purple because beets are like a pink purple and um, it was also a Berliner Weiss, which I think Berliner Weisses are very good styles for uh, for putting in some strange vegetables and fruits. I had a carrot one that was really good. I had a beet one. I had, you know, a lot of different types of, of uh, vegetables in there uh, that, that work out really well. So, um, yeah, I think it's great. Purple beers can be good. Um, they may look a little funny, but, hey, I think... Purple was a good color. I'm not. I'm not too embarrassed to have a purple beer on my glass, and uh, and uh, of course, thank you, Brad, for for uh, you know showing us your beer and, and what you're drinking. Um, then at the same time, Kyle Kyle in Ohio jumps in with uh, some comments on what Brad was talking about. He says I had one tonight and it was fairly purple. The Rheingeis Press Tart. It's a Blender Vice, so it's right up your alley, Denny. Yeah, I just mentioned Blender Vice is all. I'm all into that and. Amazing that Kyle and Brad were both drinking purple blender vices and this, and they're both in Ohio. That's amazing. Not in the same area, but still that's pretty cool that they the same day they were they were drinking similar beers. And then guess what? That's not over. We still had more people jump into this conversation. We had Chad LaMassa at Chad LaMassa. He adds to the conversation with we need a purple beer in Baltimore for the Ravens. And I think I convinced him to go make you know go find one of those local breweries and make that suggestion. Hey, can you partner up with the Ravens and let's come up with a style that we can make it purple, make it good, make it you know make it something that uh, you know maybe like a uh, you know what would be great. I don't know. I don't know if you can get it too purple though. But uh, one of the one of the first beers that one of the first craft beers that my wife and I had way back in the early nineties was I, I mentioned Thomas Kemper Brewing was a blueberry lager. And it was a dark lager though um, and it was really good but maybe you can make they can make a blueberry lager and again i don't know if blueberries really transfer to the color because even though blueberries are kind of blue on the outside i don't know if they turn blue when they're in beer what we'll to try that out and see maybe john can answer that you know with john if he was here he probably could answer that question but you know what he's not here so i'm going to answer it and i don't know but uh, i think a, a maybe a lighter blueberry lager uh, and, and that lighter color could turn a little bit purple, not too dark purple, but a light purple tint with a nice uh, lager that would be, be great for uh, for a nice football game. So, yeah, that's my, that's my advice there. Let's see. Um, now, we also had some beer recommendations from some of our listeners. And let's go to skinny, quote, OJ with pulp, Matt at skinny Matt K. He mentioned on Twitter. And he had a picture of a beer and he, and a barbecue. He says, when you find an amazing lager that's great for nice warm days, it just so happens to be a great grilling beer. Three heads brewing, three HB lager, drink, hashtag, drink local. So, you know what? I think a nice good lager while you're barbecuing over that hot grill on a hot day, that works perfect for me. I like a good lager. And if this, uh, if this uh, three heads brewing, has a great one. Hey, more power to him. Let's, let's grow up. Let's drink it. And then we had Mr. Brad, Brad Fattler. He, he added more. He added some uh, recommendations for, for uh, where he was drinking in the Cleveland area. He says, uh, he showed um, a picture of a flight from Masthead in downtown Cleveland. He says, this place is killing it. And he had a photo of four nice looking beers. I think two of them were hazy. So I'm guessing there's, you know, there were probably some, uh, hazy IPAs there. And he said that, uh, this is a place that we need to hit. And it was on the, you know, on the to-do list of the, uh, the best, you know, new breweries. So, you know, when I'm in Ohio, I might need to try to weasel my way up to Cleveland if I can. If I can, if I can get over there, that would be nice. But I'm not sure if we're going to make it all the way up to, to Cleveland. But uh, but maybe I can find some Masthead, you know, beers down in the Columbus area, too. That'd be nice. All right. We didn't have any listener questions, so we'll just move on. But, hey, I, we love your questions. Just ask us so we can have some content to put out here. That'd be great. And if you want to be like all of our great listeners who just wrote into to us, they mostly use Twitter, but you can use a number of things. If you want to contact us through uh Email, it's very easy. Just tap the craft at gmail.com. Or if you want to do on Twitter, like everyone else did there, uh, at tapthecraft. And, of course, you can hit us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash tapthecraft. And, of course, I already mentioned earlier, don't forget we do have that voicemail line. Hey, I'm going to repeat it again because, obviously, nobody is writing it down. So here's another chance to grab a pen, write the number down, call us right now with your questions, comments, or or life experiences with craft beer, uh, 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY. Just leave your feedback. We'll get you on the air. All right. I told you it's going to be a quick show. We're already at the point where I want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting our show. They provide the hosting space at openforumradio.com. And if you enjoy the content that John and I and Chris and you know, we, we all put out, we know you're going to find some other great shows like The Following. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny, John, and Chris. Hey, and if you want to check out more great podcasts, check out the Openform Radio Network over at openformradio.com. We have such podcasts such as Operform Radio Proper, Facetious, Geeks for the Win, Gamer Husband's Radio, The OMG Hour, Gaming Vessels, Slash Entertainment, and Conspiracy Otter. Hey. Thank you so much for checking out Tap the Craft today and please leave these fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this great show. Hey, thanks again for listening. All right. Now it's time for the Brew Buzz segment and the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer related topics. And this week we discuss the early 2018 beer style trends according to an article on the Brewers Association website. I have a link I will put in the show notes so you can go and follow that and check this article out yourself, but I pretty much summarize it. Pretty in depth, so I'll just go ahead and uh, and start uh, summarizing right now. So the year-to-date style data shows how craft continues to diversify, and you know what? They actually kind of divide into two separate groups. They have a group with beer lovers who want bold, fuller-flavored, hoppy styles, and others who want a lighter, crisp style. And of course, you can't just put two, you know, have people in one or uh, you know one or two groups. There's also some like myself that like to jump between the two groups when the occasion is right for one of those drinks. So, right now, I'm drinking a nice, a nice brown ale, and, and just yesterday I was drinking a bunch of IPAs and I drank some Belgian styles. I mean, I like a lot of variety, so I can't just put myself in one group. I'm gonna, I'm gonna straddle the, the mi- middle line there. Okay, as always, knowing what styles are growing nationally. It, it can actually be irrelevant without an understanding of all the variations in your local market. So you need to, you know, understand what's going on in your local market. These are what's going on nationally, and, you know, and, and overall. But your local market might be quite different depending on, the you know, what the beer community is like there. So, be you know, pay attention to your breweries and the brands that they represent. All right. So here you go. This is what you probably already know. Hoppy beers are still the primary growth driver of craft. All right, hoppy innovation has shifted the growth within IPA fairly significantly significantly in a short time. So they kind of break this up into three different areas of hoppy beers. And they're first going to start off with the one that was probably the most significant uh, change in the IPA family, and that's what we already talked about last show. It's the hazy and juicy IPAs and pale Ls. And they say these aren't new to the market. But what is new is that they are starting to get a broad distribution as opposed to just being sold directly to consumers from breweries or in a very local distribution. So, you know, you just go back five years ago, and guess what? Uh, we weren't seeing these hazy, I mean, even three years ago maybe, but five years for sure. You're not seeing hazy IPAs, hazy beers besides Hefeweizens. You'll know, see a Hefeweizen hazy, but that's it. There weren't any other hazy beer styles. Clarity was the king. You had a few breweries that were experimenting with, uh, with some hops and some yeast and some way of brewing on the East Coast, New England area, and they were the ones that were putting out this strange new style that really kind of didn't fit directly into the style guidelines that everyone was expecting for a, a pale ale or an IPA. And you couldn't find these beers unless you traveled locally to that area to grab them and then you know for example the, the alchemist uh, Hetty topper uh, you know that stuff would sell out fast you know you had to get there early uh, to you know to be able to get your stash or you weren't getting any it became a huge well you know chris our buddy chris you know wales bro you know he he would be waiting in line for that stuff and the only way you can get this is if you went yourself, or you had a friend that went and brought some back. Now, I actually had a friend go to Vermont uh, about a year ago. Now I guess maybe a little bit longer, and he brought me back some heady topper. And that's when I first got to experience the heady topper because that doesn't distribute very far from home. So I was very lucky. But guess what? Times have changed now. Move five years forward, and now there are national distributors companies like New Belgium and Sierra Nevada and um, Laguanita's did they have a hazy one they had a hazy one and uh, and some other ones that I can't and even Stone I think has got uh, a hazy offering and stuff so now we've got nationwide distributing uh, breweries that are putting out a hazy product and everyone's getting a chance to taste the style and it's spreading like wildfowl now almost all your local breweries in any state is, has at least one brewery that's experimenting with these styles and there's some breweries that they're really going way out over and above and just putting out a ton of these hazy IPA's like revision brewing in Nevada they are going crazy putting out two New England IPA's a, a, a month two new ones a month and they're rotating through all year round and that is fantastic so this style has really grown a lot let's just check out the numbers year to date and this is through uh, May 20th of this year, uh, this brand set represents 1.2% of the Brewers Association craft by volume. It's 1.2% of all their volume is this beer. It sounds small, but that's just one style, one small portion style. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. And it's 1.4% of the dollar sales. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big new, uh, trendy beer for sure. Um, now just between April 2nd and May 20th, those numbers had ro- risen to uh, 1.5% and 1.8% respectively. So during that one month, well, one and a half month period, um, that was actually, you know, had a bigger growth during that time. So that's nice. And to give some perspectives, that is bigger than the Pilsner with, uh, the, the Brewers Association craft so far this year. So, uh, that growth is bigger than Pilsner. Now, I didn't realize Pilsner was like a big growth market, but I guess it is for people that want to try to like transition from uh, domestic uh, offerings to more crafty, independent offerings. So it makes sense. I, again, John would be able to answer more in depth on this because he actually uh, pays attention and, and is a member of the Brewers Association uh, uh, breweries. But uh, he's not here, so you have me, and I don't know anything. So maybe he'll fill me in on all the stuff I've i said mistakenly uh, on the next episode all right the next one that they talk about in the uh, hoppy beers are the fruit ipas and american pale ales interesting huh we've been seeing a lot of ipas that are showcasing fruit in them early on it was the man- mandarin uh or blood orange like blood orange ipas now there's mango there's peach there's all these different fruity characters that Breweries are putting in their IPAs. Some are good. Some are not so good. You know, I like the ones that have a little passion fruit in there, a little mango. The mango ones are really good. I like those. Um, you know, some are good, some are bad, but you know what? Hey, this is, uh, this says, uh, that's what it was. Let's just hear what they have to say. It says, that's not to say that everything is rosy with hoppy beers. Uh oh, this is some bad news, I think. Uh, the fruit IPA has lost some steam and it is down year to date. And the American pale ales are also struggling. So, wow, people aren't digging these fruity IPAs, and they're they're kind of steering away from pale ales. What are they, what are they going to? I don't know. Maybe, let's see if they say. It says, so far, the hazy, juicy New England growth offsets those declines, and then some. But some of their growth may be substitution from other hoppy styles. I wonder if people are steering away from these fruity beers because they're, you know, maybe they're, they're going away from the fruity ones and going into more of the New England style. Maybe they're going into some other lighter styles. Maybe some of those lagers. They found lagers. They found gozas and some sours. Maybe that's where they're shifting their time to some other beers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have insight to that. This is just what this article says is that the fruit IPA in American Pale is down. Down in the first half of this year. All right. The last one in the hoppy beer styles they say they talk about is the American IPA. Finally. In a development that will shock no one, American IPA is still the top driver of growth. Even if we take out all the hazy, juicy brands from the American IPA, it would still be the top style growth category year to date. I don't have any numbers for this because I think I have to be part of the, the Brewers Association to actually get the real numbers. This is just kind of a summary article, you know, but it's okay. It just says it's the top one. What did it, what the numbers are? I don't know, but it was the top. And that's without counting the growth coming from large breweries. Um, oh, large brewer-acquired IPAs. Ah, okay. So, yeah, they're talking about, you know, all the, all the uh, craft breweries that uh, are no longer independent that have been, um, you know, bought by bigger breweries. Uh, that's not even counting all their growth. That's just uh, the craft independent growth. All right. Let's go into the other side of the... Um, you know, of this whole uh, article, where they talk about the lighter craft beer styles. And they say that these lighter craft beer styles are seeing continued growth. Yep, lighter styles are growing. All right. And they say, here again, we see continued growth, but it's far from the u- universal. The biggest growth styles are American lager, followed by wheat ale, blonde ale, and kolsch. Now, that is interesting about the Kolsch, right? We've talked about Kolsch on the show. Both John and I appreciate a good Kolsch, but it's not a style that you typically see available. At least you didn't see available when John and I were talking about it maybe two years ago. Maybe it's longer. I lose track of time. But I am really shocked to see that Kolsch is is in there in some of these, uh, you know, increased styles that people are going for. That's good. I like Kolsch. Together, those four styles are 40% of craft's incremental volume growth so far year to date. Wow, that's 40%. That's pretty good. That's a good little, that's a little, good little uh, percentage of growth there. Well, it's not the growth, but the, and th- those styles consist of 40% of the growth. Okay. Uh, like with hoppy beers, in a world with slower growth, some of that volume is likely coming out of other style buckets and brands. The Brewers Association Kraft Pilsner is down year-to-date. Pilsner's down. Down with a Pilsner. Vienna Amber or Red Lagers are down sharply again. Wow. Not enjoying the Vienna Ambers. You know, kind of like those. Uh, I mean, I'm guessing Vienna Amber is like uh, uh, the 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 uh, Mexican beer, the Modellos and stuff like that, right? That would be kind of that area. But I don't, those aren't really considered craft anyway. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, guess what? Hefeweizen is also down. The old hef. You know, they're leaving the old, the old, the old, ha- out with the old hazy, in with the new hazy is what everyone's saying. They don't want the old hefeweizen. So it is clearly not an effective strategy to simply make lighter styles. The type of beer and how it is presented matters. And I think that's the key. And I think you can't just be a one-dog show or one-pony horse and pony or whatever that saying is i can't think of right now if you have all of your i mean you might be able to make it pretty good if you make really good ipas and all you do is ipa you might be successful and be able to and do that if you can handle that but if you're just a pure lager brewery you're going to struggle a little bit because those styles are, are actually low right now they're you know they're they're uh they're, they're kind of declining a little bit some of those styles. So you need to kind of diversify have your hoppy stuff have your dark Malty stuff have your sours if you can if you d- can do that stuff have a, a wide diverse um, Tap list, you know rotate things in and out go seasonal You know when the seasonal beers come rotate a seasonal in. rotate things that are gonna capture your uh, Market, you know the market for that season, you know when Oktoberfest comes when it's getting fall. Hey, get that Martsin. get those pumpkin beers if you can do something with pumpkin get something you know that that kind of matches that style that people might gravitate now don't put don't make too much of it we saw last year there's a huge decline in uh in in uh, pumpkin and yam beers so don't go all in but hey make one that people will be gravitate to that might enjoy make that Martsin and make that you know, make those lagers that that people enjoy during winter time hey Go out there and make an imperial stout, a Russian imperial stout, a big hearty stout to warm the bones of people. Then you know what? Make one of those uh, nice spicy Christmas ales. Don't make it too spicy, but make it a little bit spicy, and and people will appreciate that also. And then come into spring, prepare for that summer. Go and, and bust out some of those nice crisp, uh, you know, lighter, lighter styles like we've talked about already in this year that that people appreciate coming in the, in the summer something easy to drink get out there in a the yard you know daybreaker right daybreaker from new belgium is great even that new sierra nevada one i talked about a few shows ago um i don't even remember what it was called uh, beer drinking or uh beer drinking beer that was not it drinking beer for drinking beer for drinking that was fantastic you know go in and make styles that are drinkable that quaffable if you want to use that term which i that's like the first time I've ever used it. I think um, so. Yeah, be diversified. Don't put everything in one in one bucket. All right. The article also mentions that the larger umbrella of lighter styles and lagers will continue to grow in craft. Why this belief? What? Why? Why do they have this belief after seeing the recent decline? Because craft beer drinkers are telling them the Brewers Association that they are more interested in these styles than they were a few years ago. That is great news. You know what? Everyone is all over the Frickin' IPA. IPAs are great. I love IPAs. But come on, there's other styles out there. Go out and appreciate those and don't leave those ones sitting on, you know, sitting, un uh, you know, unpoured from the tap, you know. And I'm glad that people are actually enjoying more of a variety. So that's great news, really great news. All right, that is the brew buzz segment. Short and sweet to the point. That's how the uh, the craft beer scene is going in the first half well, first, like uh, third of the year, uh, are you surprised? I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you're not. Um, let's see. If at the end of the year, uh, IPA is still the king, which I think it probably will. Okay, I uh, I do have a check it out segment, and uh, this one was just brought to me this weekend, and I was very pleasantly surprised when I got an email. I got an email uh, with this uh, press release, and um, and I'll tell you. A little a little good news at the end of this little article I'm going to uh, talk about. But uh, the press release is uh, concerning Motorhead. Motorhead the band, uh, they are ready to release their official road crew beer in the United States on June 23rd. Yep, um, when you hear this, it'll be released. So go out there and see if you can find it. Motorhead is excited to announce June 23rd, 2018 as the official U.S. launch date for their Road Crew beer, brewed by Kalamazoo, Michigan's Arcadia Brewing Company, the official beer release party is taking place on June 23rd at Arcadia Brewing, off of uh, Riverfront, on uh, the Riverfront Brewery and Pub and Beer Garden in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So if you want to go and uh, you know be there for the for the release of this, and you're in the area, hey, go check them out. But I recommend you go to their website and see if you you might need tickets. So go check out the websites. Even get tickets and go. There's going to be a bunch of cover bands that co- that play uh, Motorhead songs. So if you're a big Motorhead fan, hey, go out there, enjoy the new beer, uh, listen to some tribute bands. It uh, sounds like a fun time. Uh, let's see, the Road Crew is an American IPA and it sits around 6.2 percent alcohol by volume. It says this is a crushable hop forward India Pale Ale with an attitude that showcases a floral and citrusy hop character with just the right amount of malt sweetness. Road Crew beer is perfect for all rock, beer, and hop heads, and goes down especially well whilst listening to Motorhead at a wonderfully obscene, lawn-killing volume. Hey, how can you not like a beer with a little bit of uh, prose like that that's talking it up? That sounds pretty damn good to me. Let's see. The Road, the road Crew will be available in bottles, cans, keg, and guess what? even in cask wow we have some cask aged uh, road crew probably at Arcadia so if you're in the area go check these out the road crew will be available initially in the Great Lakes region of the US there will be further regional launches throughout the US in the near future with the goal of providing every rock and beer fan with the beer that's louder than everything else all right so guess what we have been uh, approached to uh you know buy uh the PR firm that's taking care of this beer to uh, receive some samples. And guess what? Next episode, John and I will be doing some tasting notes, a tasting notes segment with this beer. And so uh that's fantastic news. I can't wait to get the beer. I can't wait to try it and do some tasting notes on it and tell all of our great listeners about this beer. And it sounds like it's going to be it's got some cr- some cool artwork. It's got some uh You know it sounds like a good style it's an IPA it's got citrus and floral hops hey I'm I'm down with that so I'm looking forward to this so if you live in the Great Lakes area then uh, grab some and uh, you know grab a six pack or a four pack whatever they sell in grab some and taste along with us in our next episode episode 103 okay you know what I've reached the end single-handedly I have almost made this show last 45 minutes Imagine if I would have had John on here, this show would have been an hour and a half probably. But uh, it's time—it's time to put this cl- show to a close. You probably are tired of hearing my voice. Uh, I—I hope—I hope I wasn't too boring. I hope you are uh, entertained and you got a little bit out of this sh- episode. Um, but let's go—let's go ahead. I—I I need to, to do a couple toasts, a couple toasts to some friends out there. And the first toast I want to do is to um our buddy craft beer joe he lives in ohio he does a great uh blog on craftbeerjoe.com and uh, i love reading his stuff he does some really good articles I, unlike other stuff we i see on other blogs i really like the approach he does and i was uh i was flipping through twitter and i just happened to see one of his posts i i always see it and stop and i read it and when i read it and saw the picture i'm like hey he's talking about scrimshaw pilsner I said, I bet he got. Uh, oh, and, he, and, he, and the little byline he had in the Twitter post was um, a beer that uh, that is light, uh, you know, lighter beer, you know, for drinking, you know, for carbs and stuff. And I'm like, wow. I wonder if he got that from Tap the Craft. So I quickly, before I went to the article, I just wrote it off. I said, hey, I wonder if if you got this, you got inspired by uh, by listening to Tap the Craft. And then I went and read the article, and sure enough. Uh, he stays right up in, in, in the, in the, in the front of this article about how he listened to our show and got in, you know, intrigued to go and try this beer, especially when he heard that it was lower calorie, lower carbs. And he decided to write an article on it, a great article. And he gave a shout out to Tap the Craft podcast. I, Joe, cheers to you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for putting out great content on that blog. I recommend everyone go out there, check out Craft Beer Joe's blog at craftbeerjoe.com. Calm. i also need to raise my glass to my buddy ziv cohen i've i've cheers to you know i've i've, I've toasted him a number of times already but this is a special toast um a, a co-worker of mine uh last week was in israel he met up with my buddy ziv while he was there and ziv gave him some homebrew to bring back to me and uh, i just today received two bottles of homebrew and uh, i think it was an imperial stout and a coffee imperial stout so I am jonesing to try these beers I'm, mean, you know what I'm gonna drink at least one of them if not maybe both of them tomorrow on my birthday and so if you see me untapped you see me check in that first beer it might be Ziv's beer so Ziv I'm really looking forward to trying your beer thank you for sending these with Cory I really appreciate it. cheers to you and guess what tomorrow is also my friend Amanda's birthday. We share a birthday. We are birthday buddies. And uh, Amanda, cheers to you. Have a great birthday. And I also need to raise a glass to Natalie at Adrenaline PR for sending us some of those uh, Arcadia Brewing Motorhead Road Crew IPAs to try. I really appreciate you uh, giving us a shot, and I hope you enjoy our Tasty Notes segment next episode. And, of course, being a former serviceman, I always need to raise my glass. I want to thank all of those military men and women who have, who have served, who are serving, who, and who have died, of course, for our freedoms. Without that sacrifice, guess what? I wouldn't be sitting here having the freedom of speech to talk about beer without someone protecting those freedoms. So, I raise my glass to all of you out there. Cheers. Cheers and please return home safely to your family soon i also want to raise a glass to hop cloth apparel for partnering up with us and i encourage all of our listeners to go to their site at www.hopcloth.com and check out their creative beer craft beer clothing line and use the code tapthecraft at checkout to get free shipping that's tapthecraft all one word to get free shipping and of course, you can find the beers and the links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at openforumradio.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. If you want to follow John, he can be found on Twitter at Prime Brewing or Untapped at Prime WA. And of course, follow him or follow his brewery Trek Brewing on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at. Trek Brewing or visit the website at trekbeer.com. And if you want to follow my buddy Chris on Twitter, he's at Chris underscore McKenzie 82. Or if you want to follow him on Untapped, he's at MCK1345. Or you can also interact with him on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash tap the craft. All right, it is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. I want to thank you for downloading and listening to the show. And, of course, we ask you to please tell a friend and, of course, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Google Play, or however you listen to your podcast. And as a reminder, we release a new show every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Hey Denny, it's Chris. Hey, listen, I just, I, I just got your message about, you know, John abandoning you for, uh, for the show tonight. And man, that's, that's, that's just too bad. Listen, uh, give me a call back. We're, I really feel like we're just going to have to reevaluate his roles on the show and a few other things. So, uh, like I said, give me a call back. We'll talk soon and I don't know, maybe he's got to go later.